Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Are you trying to master the game of life without success? There are secrets and strategies to living your best life. We'll share some of them with you on today's show. Take advantage of this series to become an expert at relationships. All relationships. It's time to live the life that you deserve to live. Now, here's your host, Sandra Reich. Welcome to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich, a show about living your very best life. Um, So once a week, um, I try to tackle a topic that has to do with our day-to-day lives and our psychology and how things impact us. And for a long time now, I've been thinking it's time to do a show on the psychology of money. I feel like we should have background music now, like money, money, money. Um, Money is complicated for people, and it's interesting that we don't talk about it much, but it profoundly affects our relationships, uh, impacts marriage, impacts your quality of life, and some of our viewpoints about money can often be off. So we're going to try to tackle this a bit today um, and see where we go to from this. So first of all, as always, I invite you to call into the show at one 472 5792 If you prefer to send in a question, you can certainly email us at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. If text is your thing, one 5357 Okay, so in the second segment, we'll have... Um, Licensed psychotherapist Melissa Hindley join us. She has a lot to say on this topic. Actually, if I remember right, she's the one who came up with the topic. And uh, she's, I spoke to her earlier today, and she's excited to talk about her own relationship with money. And it seems that people have really different relationships with money. So I want to get to that. But I want to start off with mentioning that the relationship between money and happiness itself is very complex. So that's one question. Does money really buy you happiness? That's... I think at the bottom of how we approach our feelings on money. So one of the studies that I looked at today is that um, it was done in the 70s, a long time ago, where they compared lottery winners with people who, you know, either had quite difficult times or no change in their life. And what was a little bit surprising is within a year of winning the lottery, the lottery winners were no happier than the people who, uh, who who didn't have as good life circumstances. And furthermore, the lottery winners were not happier than they were before they won the lottery. So I think that's the first thing we have to consider in this equation is that people greatly overestimate the happiness that money will buy. There's no doubt that having money allows you to buy nice things and having nice things can be very pleasurable. Um, so we're not certainly saying that you can't care about money, but we definitely want to be careful about, as always on Straight Talk, about anything we talk about, anything external you think is going to feed yourself. And that's just not how it works. So the second level to it is, okay, no matter what your feelings are on whether money buys happiness, there's also your approach about money. So some people are very comfortable talking about money and some people really are not. And the idea about talking about money or dealing with an issue between two people with money becomes a very, very uh, complicated issue. As a matter of fact, studies show that money is the number one reason for divorce in the early years of marriage and a very common area of conflict for couples. 
three out of four North Americans identify money as the number one source of strain um, in their relationship. And it definitely can even go so far as to worsen depressive symptoms, lead to emotional problems, health problems, and poor work performance. So definitely in the field of psychology, definitely going to be relevant So we have to sort of tweeze apart how could money be affecting our emotional and psychological states? Well, first of all, as we talked about, does money buy you happiness? Your own belief system about money is going to play a role here because if you believe that money is the source of your happiness, then you're bound to start to have a kind of weird relationship with money. So there's actually considered an area in psychology of something called money disorders and money disorders can be a persistent pattern of self-destructive and self-limiting financial behaviors. Um, This can come from distorted beliefs about money uh, that we develop early in childhood. And I want to start, I want to pause on that point and maybe after the break, Melissa will be here and we can discuss this with her. But I ask you guys to think about this is your first beliefs about money started in your childhood. What were you taught in your family of origin about money? Is Was money talked about? Was money not talked about? To this day, I personally find it very fascinating that people are so uncomfortable talking about money when, in fact, we need to talk about money. I mean, it's an important topic. There is a great stigma and discomfort about talking about money. And that starts from your family of origin is if it was hush, 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 like, oh, money is dirty and um, the love of money is the, you know, a very bad thing and so on and so forth, then your own relationship with money is going to be very, very complex. And you may, in fact, become avoidant, which actually is one of the disorders. You can have a money avoidance disorder. You don't want to look at your financial situations. I've had clients over the years, maybe this speaks to some of you, who do not open their bills. Yes, I've had clients who tell me the bills come and they don't open their bills. And I've had other clients who follow an abundance kind of mindset where and I I actually agree with this, opening your bill is a reminder of how lucky you are that you are working and able to pay your bills. Where do you fit in with all that? That's going to be very relevant. Um, Also, are there thoughts of guilt? If you have money, do you feel guilty having money? When you spend money, do you have guilt spending money? A lot of couples, for example, one person wants to spend money and one person wants to save money. And you know what? I'm going to pause on that. That can be perfectly okay in a relationship as long as you guys can talk about your different financial personalities and how do you navigate your financial personality. So we're definitely going to get into the couple because that's important. And I don't, I personally do not feel there's anything wrong with people who believe that it's a, they want to, um, spend some money and enjoy life. I I, I should put a disclaimer here. Uh, There was a recent research that came out that showed that uh, people who spend money on experiences are happier than people who spend money on objects. And so my disclaimer is that's very much me. I believe that uh, having experiences in life are priceless. And so in my marriage, that's something that we do spend money on. Um, do I think my husband would have arrived at that on his own? Is that the way he was brought up? Absolutely not. 
But again, and this has helped us a lot in our marriage, we are not uncomfortable discussing money matters. So the first question that we have to get out there as we navigate this money uh, discussion is, can you talk about money and can you talk about it with your partner and can you disagree on money and it not become an issue? That's a very, very, very important question because otherwise, if it starts to become a dirty secret, then we might have some lying and spending habits. Are you one of those people? I've heard this a lot in my office too, that you're hiding your shopping bags as you're walking in the door. Does that happen to you? Are you hiding your credit card bills? I can tell you that this is going to have a very big and negative impact on your relationship. Now, what about waste, not, want, not? That's a big one, too. That's one that me and my husband talk about a lot. So he grew up with waste, not, want, not mentality, which a lot of people think is brilliant. And a lot of people think is scarcity thinking. Um, A lot of the research shows that when we get into a waste, not, want, not mentality, it is a scarcity mindset because although there's true true to the fact that you know we should not waste things, constantly being afraid that we will go without is a wartime mentality and not a mentality for the time we're living in right now. So, I, you know, my head is going in a lot of places because, for example, how do you deal with food on your plate? I mean, a lot of people grew up with the fact that you have to finish your plate, waste not, want not. And yet we're in the field of psychology that that kind of mentality can often lead to people having issues with impulse control and food. A good exercise with food is to be able to see, can you leave something on your plate? Impulse control shows up in shopping. Impulse control shows up in spending habits. There's a lot of factors. The flip side, and we're going to, on the top side of the break, we'll go to this. The flip side is putting all your money in the bank account and being always afraid and saving for a rainy day. Many people do this. What's the problem with that? Those people often end up very financially wealthy. A lot of people would argue they're the smart ones. Are they living their lives fully? I don't know. I put it out to you, and I'm going to put it out to Melissa. When we come back from the break, we'll discuss those different types of mentality for dealing with money. And I also want to talk about, I feel very passionately about this, the concept of Shakespeare's concept of never a borrower nor a lender be. And why was Shakespeare maybe so on the mark? Never a borrower nor a lender be. It doesn't sound too kind. Why can't we borrow or loan money? When we come back, I'm going to tell you all the dangers of borrowing and loaning money. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Senator Reese. life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. 
Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back on Straight Talk, and the wonderful Melissa Henley is in the house. So happy to have her. Welcome back to Straight Talk. Thank you for having me. A pleasure. This I was saying at the beginning of the show, this is your topic. I think you suggested it. I'm going to talk a little bit about that Shakespearean line and my feelings on that, and I'm very anxious to hear, excuse the pun, um, your own uh, experiences with money because you told me earlier in the day that you have a lot to say about this topic. I can't wait to hear it. So did you ever hear that line from Shakespeare, never a borrower nor a lender be? No. Okay, so I was really raised with that line. And I really believe that there's some truth to it. So I want to defend that point because it sounds very nice to loan someone money, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It sounds like a kind gesture. Sounds nice. But you're also in the field of psychology. I suspect you know the dangers of loaning someone money, right? It's a trap. Yeah. So why is it a trap? Well, it, it can be because the problem is is that when it depends what the relationship and who, what, how much, uh, how much money, but. It, it really is, even if it's a couple dollars or hundreds of dollars, it, it comes down to the same fundamental aspect, is that when, when I'm lending someone money, aren't I caretaking them? Well, maybe, yeah. Maybe. But the problem is that if, and this has been my experience, if, if we agreed that there would be money that's get paid back, unfortunately, sometimes it doesn't happen that way. And then I end up getting resentful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So that's exactly it. Is And the funny thing, I love this line is you loan money, you start up as a good guy. And all of a sudden you need the money back and you're a bad guy. How did you end up? How did you go from being a good guy to a bad guy? And that's what happens when you loan money, because when you don't get it back, you call the person, you want the money back. And eventually they're resentful of you. Yeah. You like, start there. Yeah, exactly. Or you're not understanding. That's because, right. You know, I told you to take my more time and I'm not good with that. So yeah. the way I deal with that personally in my life is if I felt that there was a situation um, that someone was in trouble, I have to have a, a heart to heart with myself if I want to give the money away and release it, meaning I don't expect to get it back. Yeah. Because if it's a loan, it's gonna that could blow up in my face. And it can you said it depends on the relationship, it can ruin any relationship. relationship. You know, so I was talking about uh, psychology of money. You know, I'm in business with a few people and you know full well a couple of the people I'm in business with are quite good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. So it can be extremely tricky. Mm-hmm. Even within the clinic, we're all very close mm-hmm. and there are financial matters. So it can be very tricky. So you have to be really careful that um, the uh, personal relationships and the business of money gets separated. Now, mm-hmm. I said never a borrower nor a lender be. Um, borrowing money, same problem. 
you're now you're what if you know I'm I, I think I have a lot of integrity but I might forget to pay you back yeah. and you're secretly fuming at me holding on to this yeah I'm not awkward about bringing it up right and I expect you should bring it up right exactly yeah. exactly so like even in my office it's kind of funny when a client gives me money and I don't have change yeah. I insist that we write it down yeah and they're like come on don't worry about it and I say no 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 we have to write it down because it could bubble up into an issue because yeah. I could easily forget I don't have the best memory yeah. and they could say they're okay with it and then one day something happens that they're not okay with me and suddenly they go and she owes me 10 bucks like yeah. it just adds on do you see the dangers in this yeah it, it gets messy so it's better to I like how you asked yourself that question do I do I want to release that money because um, you really have to ask yourself as a gift as not a gift. not in a professional like no. a psychology no, 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 situation but no. like a let's say a friend, a friend. wants yeah. 50 bucks yeah if I want to give them 50 bucks yeah. and let it go, yes. that's fine. That's okay. But if I loan them 50 bucks and they don't pay me back, I will get resentful. Yeah. It's you just, will too. Yeah. And it's just setting up uh, beforehand future problems that could come up because we see this trap all the time. Yeah. And I've been in this trap as well. Have you? Yeah. Oh, it's a bad trap. So I'm I'm pretty strict about it. I really don't loan money. Mm-hmm. I'm not big on it. I'm not big on that. And I, I wouldn't borrow money. I mean, it's not like if I was going right now to the store and I was short five bucks, I wouldn't say to you, please, can you loan me five bucks? Like, I'm not rigid about it. But even that would make me highly uncomfortable until yeah. I pay you back the five yeah. bucks. That's why. Oh, I, you know that, actually, because yeah, yeah. you bought some makeup for me once. I did. I did. And I was nervous about you it, remember? It was bothering me and bothering me. so too, because I tried to reassure you. But it's true, because we want to anticipate that this could, uh, it, it wasn't a problem, but it could, you don't want to end up in that situation. Right. You want to protect yourself. Right. And then there are a lot of people are awkward about bringing it up. Yeah. And the funny thing is, when you bought me that makeup, by the way, I was so worried that I'd forget. And I actually at one point did forget. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh my God, I didn't do the transfer. It bothered me because that could have come between us. It could have. Yeah. Okay. So take it away, Melissa. You you had a lot of thoughts on money psychology. What have you got to say? Yeah. And and you 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 mentioned it at the first half of the show, which was which was trying to look underneath what the money represents because and I'm going to use I think it would be helpful to use a lot of my personal please examples in this because this is something that I'm I love talking about because it is something that I'm also I'm also I also had to be very mindful and aware of how what my relationship was like with money so one of the biggest topics that you brought up was that how the messages that we received in our childhood about money so I'd like to focus a little bit on more specific because this was a a main issue in my relationship was money because we both had very different uh, relationships with money. Okay. And so that's one of the biggest. So what were the messages you learned growing up about money? So for, with, with money, um, my dad, my parents would anytime, anytime we did really well on a report card. So let's say we got a report card and you know, for those, some of you might know, some of you might not, but I struggle with uh, ADD. And so school was a little bit more challenging for me. So when my sisters would get 90s, I would come home with like 60s and 70s, but I would still get the the reward because that's what they believed that that was my best. So every report card, we'd my dad would take us to Toys R Us. I don't know if this, this was the best idea, but he would take us to Toys R Us and we were allowed to choose one gift. Hmm. And so um, with that, because when I tied that if I do well, then it's tied that I get something in return, 
right? I get approval, not only the approval, but I get something physical. And financial. And financial. Mm -hmm. What message is that sending to me? Well, first of all, I have to say that it doesn't sound so crazy that your parents would do that. So I, for all the parents who do this, no. I can certainly understand this as a reinforcement. But I guess what you're getting at is the fact that, actually, I'm not really sure. What would the message be that I guess you're worthier once you accomplish? Yes. Right. Yes, yeah, so I'm worthier once I accomplish, but also is when I do well. Like for me, this is my personal message. It might not be for everyone, but for me, it was like when I do well, I get to buy myself something. So now the problem is, is that my relationship with money, anytime I'm very happy, we'll talk about other emotions when we get into that. But when I'm very happy or when I feel um, rewarded, I end up spending a lot of money. Oh, really? Yeah. And not, not it's okay to you know, treat yourself and, but I'm talking about, I was spending money. Okay. Right. Like it's, it's, it's not just a little treat that I give myself. It was, it was more, I would, I would really buy myself. Cause it was like my parents. It was like when I did well, you rewarded yourself. I rewarded myself. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So for me, my mentality is in order to um, feel successful, I have to reward myself with something materialistic. And I think that's another problem too, is that it had to be materialistic. I couldn't just feel satisfied with um, having the success or the, 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 the achievement on its own that I had to accompany with something materialistic that I can go out and buy. Mm. Yeah. Another message that it sent me is that because the way that my dad showed his love was through buying me things. Right. That he he showed us love by, um, you know, buying us things that we wanted as kids growing up and giving us a lot of financial uh, support, which sounds great. But again, could that have maybe like the way that I took it, the way that I interpreted it was that um, that the money equals love. Right. And so that's that ended up being something in a, a difference in our relationship because when when my boyfriend and I first started uh, dating how I showed him love was to buy him things mm, right of course. I'd buy him a lot of things right but that's not his relationship with money okay right and so when he didn't buy me things right it felt like I would equate it as he doesn't love me right, right? gotcha mm-hmm. got it so that's that's another example of how in the relationship it, it um it could come we had to work through that and have that I like how you said that it's okay to have different um we have different upbringings we got different messages about money and maybe that's okay um and how do we work through it and compromise versus trying to prove who's right in how they handle their money mm-hmm. so it's just interesting to start to learn about the messages that you received growing up about, you know, was money scarce? There was another thing that in my family, my grandparents used to always fight about money. Okay. Every fight was, you know, when my grandfather would come home and when he would go out grocery shopping and my my grandmother would count the pennies, (laughs) you know, and make sure that everything, and if one penny was missing, you know, it was a, it was a big conflict. Wow. And so that was another thing about how, uh, and that creates a lot of stress because anytime my family talks about money, it, it yes, it's um, messages of love and messages of approval, but it also brings up a lot of anxiety because I associate money with conflict. Ooh. Because I saw a lot of what my grandparents and my mom, therefore, had that mentality too, is that she gets uh, very stressed out with, with money. 
Mm. So that's another relationship. So it's very interesting to see the different messages and how those messages growing up then impacted you in your life and in your relationship um, with with money. Absolutely. It can be very loaded. No doubt about that. It's a can be a very loaded topic. And um, I'm wondering, as you were saying that, do you feel that maybe for you it was a mistake to get the message that your accomplishments were rewarded with gifts? Do you feel that? I think because it was so extreme. Like, it was every single time. And whether I did well... Like it, it was every single report there at every single time. And, and, you know, if it was maybe a little bit more balanced, like with other things, let's say, for example, if I did more chores or if I did, you know, if it was more across the board, but it wasn't, it was only in the case of success or um, my achievement. So I think because it was just only in that category, it felt like there was a very strong link between the two. Okay, so you brought up the couple. I want to talk when we come back on the break is the the idea of couples all together. You know, I often work with couples and I talk about the fact that even when it comes to financial matters, there needs to be a you, a me, and an us. Uh, You'd be shocked at how many couples do not have that set up financially. Uh, I find it almost a foolproof system. People really respond well to it uh, because how you, Melissa, spend your money um, there, there needs to be a certain amount of money that belongs to you to spend as you see fit because mm-hmm. it may not be the same as the way your boyfriend or the same things as your boyfriend thinks you should spend money on. And yet he needs that same freedom. And also your couple needs to build something up. And that's where the compromise comes in is that the couple builds something together where you create your own culture of what would be a reasonable financial situation without throwing out your own values. So if you're someone who likes to do something decadent for yourself when you have an accomplishment and your boyfriend is one who's like, why would you spend all that money that you have the freedom to do what you want? I'm a big believer in freedom. And I think that we got to set that up for people because you're always going to be you and he's always going to be him. Yeah. And that part of me, I feel won't change. I mean, I can work on, I can work on trying to, um, make sure that I'm just not doing it every single time or I can work on compromising it but I mean I I, I also like that about myself too so so I don't think and me trying to deny that is not I've tried that it didn't help so you're right I like how it's just compromising still doing what uh, is 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 beneficial for me in terms of rewarding myself but I just don't um, spend as much money like I can still do that or reward it with more experiences like you know, let's celebrate with a nice dinner. Or right, something that, yeah, something you're still spending can, money, but something, you're creating a memory together. Exactly. Yeah, which is a great, according to the research, a really great way of spending your money. Okay, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety. Featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. 
Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. So we're back. Lots to talk about with this topic. I started to talk about money disorders and I didn't really finish it. So one of the things is money avoidance disorder, where you don't want to look at your bills. You don't want to look at what's going on. Um, you feel guilty anytime you spend money. Your self-esteem is related to how much money is in your bank account. There's also something called money worshipping disorder, which includes pathological gambling, workaholism, and overspending. Uh, hoarding, where you're, you know, trying to hoard money and save it for a sense of safety, security, and a relief of anxiety, which I think we can talk about why that doesn't work, this idea of saving money. And, you know, I asked you on the break, you talked about you spending money, and we want to talk a bit about, you know, the dance with your partner. Again, different money personality types, he's more of a saver. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he, he was more of the mentality of, of uh, trying to not spend his money or be very careful of how much he spends. It actually, it's, it's like a running joke that he actually gets um, very, very uh, anxious or it, when he does spend money. So it's a, a little joke in his family that anytime he does spend a, a lot of money that it, it creates that. But it does, it does create a lot of anxiety when he does. So um, do you see like when, when, because we have such different messages of of that of money in different relationship, how could how can that start to create the dance? Like, what's the problem? What could be potential problems? Yeah, that? great question. I I think that again, the dance is what you talked about before. If you try to make him to be like you, mm. and um, vice versa. Uh, the question is, again, you know, we're coming back to the fact that marriage and relationships is always a healing experience to work on your stuff. Mm -hmm. And so if you need to learn more to take pleasure in your accomplishments without spending money, then he needs to learn more about indulging a little bit Mm -hmm. and allowing himself to spend money. So I guess that's a little bit the abundance scarcity again. Where where do we fit this in? And again, hoarding money and saving for the future Again, a smart strategy to save money. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but um, I don't think it really reduces anxiety. I really don't because how much is enough? Yeah. How much is enough? Yeah. When will you ever feel safe? Is there a amount that's even enough? Right. 
Right. right. So I think that the, well, for me, I really feel strongly that the dance gets completely solved. I personally feel with the you, me and us approach to mm. money. I recommend it to all my clients in my marriage. You know, I remember reading many, many years ago that the number one fight couples have is about money. Yeah. We do the you, me and us. I don't think we've ever had a fight about money. We've had mm. fights about lots of other things. Don't mm. misunderstand me, but not about financial matters because it's set up in a way that he has the freedom to spend some some money the way see the problem is judgment too because if my husband were to spend money on certain things that I don't approve of there'd be a a very good opportunity for me to judge and say how could you spend money like that Mm -hmm. I don't want that to happen Mm -hmm. so by him having his own resources and me having mine it protects the couple from that judgment because perhaps your partner feels you spend too much money and that's okay as long as he doesn't feel you're spending the us money, the yes. couple's money. Yes, that's important because then that would directly impact him. And I think that he'd be right to be upset about yeah. that, don't you? I agree, yeah. If it's the us money because it's his future too. That's so right. If I'm if I'm not being very responsible in the money and just, this is, I find a lot of... Uh, a lot of couples have uh, have this problem in the relationship is that, you know, there's disagreements about the us money and that's where a lot of problems can occur. Yeah, right. So uh, what do you say to the idea of we should save all our money and um, waste not, want not? Yeah. And how do you feel about that? Well, you know, and I, I think I love how you brought up the the great point of like those experiences because for us, like my kind of mentality is is that we don't know what tomorrow brings, right? Like we don't we don't die with our money, and I think that you know when we when we have that mentality that we're going to save it and yes, saving is important, but I mean we're talking about the 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 other extreme of not spending very you know very little I think that we're not really being mindful we're not really being in the present moment because That's true. If, if something brings us you know if something an experience or something that we want to have you know let's let's fill up that's what I try to explain in my relationship too is that you know if if that would make you happy of course maybe it it um you know like his uh, you know that would if it make you happy then maybe that's okay in the in the moment that it'll you know the there's this mentality that it feels like we won't get more, but that's not true. Right. Right. So it's trying to be more, for me, it's trying to be more in the present moment of if it feels good for you now and long-term, can, can we make that choice? Yeah. It's a good, good concept for sure. What, what are your, what do you think about that? Well, you know, as I said, I really believe that life is to be experienced. Mm -hmm. I also don't believe you should be reckless, though. So I want to live experiences, but I don't want to have no money for my future. Because the idea, you know, people say all the time, well, life is short, you could Mm -hmm. die tomorrow. That's true. So should you go spend all your money? I don't think so. Um, One of the things I feel strongly about is something called financial infidelity. Mm. Uh, The idea of telling little lies, little white lies to your partner about how much you're spending, not your private money now, the couple money. Us money. Um, I've seen that erode couples, Mm. and I think that that's really a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that we should be open with each other on how we spend money? Yeah, because it's it's it to me it comes down to the trust. Right? Like if it's the us money, it has to be something that you know, when there's starting to be secrecy and lies or not being completely 
forthcoming about how much you're spending in the us money, then it 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 starts to. And I think that's one of the reasons why it starts to erode is the lack of trust. Exactly. So okay. it's it's much bigger than money, and people don't realize money has a lot of energy attached to it, a lot of power attached mm-hmm. to it. It's it's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that it's it's very important to have these conversations. For me, I do have a pet peeve about money matters I'm going to bring up, mm-hmm. which I want listeners to consider this. I find people are will accuse others of being cheap with money until mm-hmm. it's their money that has to be spent. Mm-hmm. So people always want you to be generous, uh, which is great. I'm a b- big believer in generosity, um, but I find people are very generous with your money. They're not always generous with their own. Have you had that experience? Because I have had that and I have found it very annoying. Well, even in a professional basis, like, you know, people, if if people want you to extend a courtesy financially to them, they have no problem asking you to extend a financial courtesy. But if the rules are reversed, Mm -hmm. there's often the response would be like, no, when it's their money. Mm -hmm. But if you were to say when it's your money, you'd be accused of being cheap. There's what I'm getting at is there's a bit of a hypocrisy blind spot we have with money. When someone else is spending money on us, we have no problem with it. We just take it in and we go, oh, that's nice. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, when it's our money, we get more sensitive about it. How come she's not appreciating what I'm doing for her? Mm -hmm. So it seems to me that we all have this a bit of a blind spot of, like I said, we're generous with other people's money and maybe not always as generous with our own. Mm -hmm. Why, Why does that happen? I think it happens because of the blind spot. I think, again, it's it's a judgment. Is It's very easy for me to say to you, Melissa, Melissa, can you pay for tonight's dinner? Yeah. And you say, I'm sorry, I don't have money. And me go, oh, what a cheapskate. It's yeah. very easy for me to do that. But if the roles were reversed and you were asking me to pay for the dinner. You wouldn't feel very comfortable. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one of the things I, where I wanted to do the show is I think we have to overcome that cognitive dissonance, that blind mm-hmm. spot mm-hmm. and understand that you have to look at both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. It's easy to be generous. I remember many years ago, here's an example. Many years ago, I was struggling in life. It was, you know, I was not doing well and a family member and I and, and our respective uh, partners went out to dinner and she was doing very well. And she said, we'd like to order a hundred dollar bottle of wine. And I said, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. And she was irate, like irate, like really like you, you're just so cheap. Yeah. And it's, it's ironic, but she fell upon difficult financial times a few years later. Yeah. And only then was she able to see how inappropriate that mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that she was being mean. It's the blind spot. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that trying to understand, I like how you said, understand the other person's perspective. Because sometimes we end up having these, like you said, these blinders, but blind spots that we only see, you know, we might not understand or only see our perspective of it, but... We, we, we need to be able to be mindful about why someone else is, is saying no or can't, can't do this at this moment. Right. And, and that's you know, the empathy. Not, not everybody feels comfortable buying a $100 bottle no. of wine. Not and that I think there's anything wrong with a $100 no. bottle of wine. It's fine, but you have to be in your own comfort zone. And I think the empathy, what you're bringing up is a really valuable point. Because people spend their money in, I guess, that we're very different to, ways. Very, very different ways. Very different ways. And that's yeah, why. Like, I spend my money on food. I think you do too. Yeah. I've observed that. We both do. I yeah. Like, I, I don't eat out as much. You eat out more, but I spend, like, I want organic food. I spend a lot of money on yeah. organic food. And yeah. you, 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 I think you like to eat out. Yeah. It's not a, a bad no, no, thing. It's, it's, it's true. It's, it's a true. choice. I, I like a restaurant. And yeah. that, that's another thing that comes from my family is that we, we spoiled ourselves every week. We'd go out to a restaurant. Oh, really? Yeah. 
So I think that that just clicked too. That that reminded me. Oh, that's but it's true. It's like, and that's what I try to tell in my relationship. It's like, well, you know, I spend money, and that I spend my my me money in in different ways, and he might un- understand that. That's okay. But you know, he, for example, he will go play hockey like three four times a week. That's right. twenty dollars a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So like, he's he's spending maybe the same amount that I am, but. That's his self-care and that's for him and that's right. okay. Right, so we we really bring our own like ideas of what's what's worth spending money on. Mm-hmm. And there's not really one right answer, right? because no, it's Like a lot different. of people could judge judge like how I spend my money. Like, why are you doing that? That's silly. And then, I don't know, do you ever meet people spend money in ways that you don't understand? Because I do. I, I, I do. And this is, this is, um, this was, um, you know, a, 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 um, a friend of ours or an, you know, someone, a coworker, and, and a lot of, a lot of my friends had a hard time of the way that she spent her money, but really it's in what I try to encourage them is that, you know, maybe that's not something you would do, but you know, she's making these choices. And so we're really coming to your point of the empathy, empathy and yeah. walking in another person's shoes. Yeah. Trying to understand their perspective. Yeah. And not imposing our money no. personality on others. No, because they grew up with their own values about what money was. And how it and, should be spent. And, and even though I might think it's not a great wise decision, but that's, that's, that's her life. Yes. Okay. So we can't impose, we have to have empathy and understand that people spend in different ways. I think when we come back where I'd like to go, and I think a lot of people struggle with this is how do you have a money conversation with someone? How do you have that money conversation where you're like, you know, I took you out 10 times. You've never taken me out once. Like, or you're driving with a friend and there's a parking fee. This has happened to me. I'm driving with a friend. We're going out to a concert together. There's a parking fee. And I don't feel it should be assumed that I'm paying for that or assumed I'm paying for the gas. That offends me. It's not, again, I like to be very generous, but I don't like when people expect it. That's my thing in life. Mm -hmm. So how do you have that conversation? You know, that's a difficult conversation to have. And most people will avoid it. Not me. No. But most people will avoid that conversation. Yeah. And I think that you got to bring the pink elephant in the room up. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Well, or else, or else we talked about it'll just, I, I don't know, I felt resentful and that's not a nice feeling. So it's awkward, but you'll feel so much better once it's out. Okay, so when we come back, let's give some direction to people on how to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. So hang tight. We'll be right back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Join the therapist who is affectionately known as the couple whisperer, Sandra Reich, on her famous couple retreats and change your life forever. Sandra offers couple retreats in beautiful locations several times a year that can radically change your love life. Couples describe her retreats as life-changing. Regain that loving feeling. Bring your intimacy to a new level and rediscover excitement and joy. Find out more at helpforanxietydepression.com or call 514-796-4357. We all want love and safety. Now you can have it. Call 514-796-4357 or helpforanxietydepression.com. Change your life forever with the latest cutting-edge products for home study treatment for anxiety, featuring the clinical director of the Montreal Center for Anxiety and Depression and host of Straight Talk, Sandra Reich. Sandra is joined by top therapist Georgia Dow in this revolutionary anxiety videos therapy series. Thousands of people have benefited from this scientifically proven treatment approach. Isn't it time you chose yourself? 
Visit anxiety-videos.com right now. That's anxiety-videos.com and change your life forever. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. To connect with the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to info at helpforanxietydepression.com. Now, back to Straight Talk. Here's Sandra Reich. We're back on Straight Talk with Sandra Reach. Okay, so Melissa and I promised that we're going to talk about how to have those difficult conversations. So I'm going to start it off So with this example that I gave. So let's say I was going regularly with a friend downtown, and I we drive in my car. Maybe she doesn't drive. Maybe we're going long distances. She never offers to pay for gas. She never offers to pay for parking. For me, this does not work. Mm-hmm. This is not going to work. I'm going to have to have a money conversation. Melissa, what would you recommend on how I would have that conversation? Oh, that, that's a good question. I'm putting you to work. I know. That's a good question. Great therapist that you are. <laughs> well, first, I would, I would, well, I know first what not to do because. Yeah, tell some, us what not to do. Sometimes we end up jumping to conclusions or being reactive, and sometimes it comes across not how we want to, and then it creates more. What would that look like or sound like? So. Sandra, you never pay for anything. Okay, so that's an attack. Attack. Sandra, yeah. why, why can't like why can't you pay? I always have to pay or like yeah. victimizing. So aggressive. Aggressive. Okay. So first, maybe I would try to validate first. Okay, let's so, hear it. Oh, I love this. So you can say, um, like, it depends on the situation, but let's say it's like, okay, I understand that, that maybe, you know, you, there's some financial difficulties right now. Right, mm-hmm. so validating the other yeah. person because then they're more likely to hear you. Yeah, and then I would say something, but I'm just feeling um, that when we go when we go out often, that it's often left up to me to pay for gas and pay for the parking. So I'm wondering if maybe we can come. Like I would try to invite the other person to also come up with. Solutions. Very good, Melissa. That's why you're a top psychotherapist. <laughs> so you know, maybe we can find some sort of compromise or agreement of what we can do so that it, it feels like a win-win would you actually do that yeah okay because yeah. i would too because i really find that that is something that would make me very resentful yeah, because someone. in the past i have been resentful and that's yeah. why it, it doesn't work so right. it's better just to bring it up um so that then it's out in the open and then and you're not doing it in an accusatory way like you're understanding and you're looking at their perspective but you're just say, you're just trying to be curious like what's going on yeah because maybe they don't even realize right i might even say help me understand like we go out all the time mm-hmm. we, there's parking fees there's gas fees mm-hmm. have you ever thought of contributing to mm-hmm. the gas fees or the parking fees mm-hmm. what about in partners like even in partners I have to say I'm a believer that even in, within your partnership uh, yeah. there should not be a, an assumption that you're just going to give pay. someone money yeah. or pay yeah. either way gen, not even gender specific nope. either, way. either I, way I don't think things should be assumed no. so what would you say well I think that um, like I, I'm really I guess the word is anal when it comes to this stuff like I, you know I'm married and I'm with the guy same guy a long time and I have to tell you that if there's something that he um, charges to us that is really something of his, we write it down. 
it's not me who writes it down. He writes it down and he pays me back. Yeah. And I do the same because we don't want to ever have a fight about money. So I wouldn't really have to say it with him because we're very ethical when it comes to mm-hmm. it. I really am uncomfortable, as I said, about owning money. But if, if he didn't, I would say I'm pretty direct. I would say, honey... Yeah. Um, that case of beer that you bought, yeah. that could be a good example. Yeah. That case of beer you bought, um, when you do your pay this week, can you add that to your your payment that you're repaying the joint bank account or yeah. whatever? I like how you framed it as a question. Yeah. Instead of, oh, make sure you do it, you didn't do it. No. Just, yeah, just well, that's also it. like you, is not to attack the person, yeah. but to assert yourself. Yeah. To be to, to, to just be more direct and ask as well, a question. Yeah. So you know what? You asked me a good question. I'm gonna throw one back at you. It is a huge pet peeve of mine if people assume things in general. Yeah. I don't like, and I, I consider it over entitled to expect that I'm gonna pay for you. I love to pay for people, and I yeah. love to be generous in yeah. any way, professionally, personally. But if there's an assumption, my back goes up. What are your pet peeves about money? Ooh, what question. irritates you? Hmm. About money? Yeah. When people act in a certain way about money, do you hate when people are cheap? Do you hate when people... I just... Yeah, I guess it's the... It, I guess it's the... Um, it's... it's The pet peeve is that when... And, and maybe this is my own... Uh, maybe it's not the healthiest, but I had a friend that once... I always drive and I always... And one time she offered to drive and yet... I never charge gas money. That's just something for oh, me. Oh, no. She asked, and she asked oh, for gas money. Oh, my that, God. That would have sent me through the roof. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell that, me. Tell that, me. That didn't work well for me. Oh, my God. Like, what did you do? That's quite a story. Well, I gave it to her, but I was so resentful. Right. That, that was one of my and, mistakes. And, and you're in a difficult spot then because you have to be, you're a little bit mad at yourself. For yeah, not for not yourself. saying it. But not, would have it not been okay, let's put it out there to our listeners, would have it not been okay to say, sure, I'm going to give you gas money, but help me understand why you never offered to pay gas with me yeah that would have been would have like that would have been because that would irritate me it, it did irritate me and and the, the problem is that i avoided the conversation <laughs> right well right? that's the thing is I people got avoid so uncomfortable. but now it, how many years ago is this and that you still have that still feeling have that feeling really eh? yeah and so now i i, I almost don't want to carpool with her because it's like I, I rather just drive and for me that's that I never that's my it's interesting thing, that she like, didn't realize it's too bad she's not listening to the yeah. show it's interesting that she didn't realize though the hypocrisy of yeah, that that's that, interesting that's that the when, blind spot again that's the blind spot yeah when I drive so another, when it was your money that's what my point before yeah, when it was your money, money it was fine it was fine but when it was her money not so fine it was a problem right that's right. what I was talking about and then about. I felt taken advantage of it so right like, well, of course you know and uh, but another tip is is to try it what very I do very good Melissa is to try up bringing up money like in a neutral time so if I didn't you know even if I might have missed that opportunity to tell her in the moment because for me I'm not I'm getting better at this but I'm not good in the moment like in the moment it's hard for me uh to 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 when I'm caught off guard more let's say so for that, sure that example, for sure but you're saying a good point you're allowed to go back yeah you're allowed so pick a neutral time where you know it's not in the moment we're not about to go out for dinner I'm going to have an awkward dinner with her now but <laughs> you know that later the next day I can always come back you know pick a neutral time to talk about money this is also helpful for any money uh things that come up is pick a neutral time that's a great tip 
Money is very stressful, so pick a neutral time to talk about it. It's a really great point, and I think that we definitely have to highlight that one of our messages is because of the story you had with your friend that still bothers you to this day is definitely don't avoid that money conversation. I know it's not fun. I don't like it either, but I think you need to have the conversation. If something feels unfair to you, you need to have it. And I don't want to make her uncomfortable, but yet I'm Uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's okay that you're not fair fair at all. So that's definitely, you know, we're at the end of the show, but that's definitely the most important thing is to get comfortable. And I think part of getting comfortable is entitlement to feel like, you know what, like you have a right and you're you're also allowed to have different money personalities you know there might be things that i get cheap with that someone else doesn't get cheap with and vice versa people are funny like that like like you know my husband and i like he he likes deals you know he finds gift cards online and you know join this organization get a 10 dollar gift card he's really careful about stuff like that and then there's other things he's reckless about mm-hmm. and it's so inconsistent and so am i we are inconsistent beings yeah. you know i won't think twice about spending money on a vacation but man there's certain things i'd really think twice about spending money on yeah. so that's okay but to verbalize it to straight talk if you will yeah. be direct yeah. and own your feelings about it i feel uncomfortable about this you're allowed to say that to your partner to your yes. friend to your co-worker yes. i feel uncomfortable yes 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 okay melissa you're awesome you're so awesome and you're i awesome. love your i love our radio show. i love yeah i love our chats and i loved hearing a little bit about your growing mm-hmm. up and money personality so now i know this is also a good way of knowing how to please someone i know now a good way of pleasing you is if you get a huge accomplishment to you know really yeah. do something special for yes. you that's something that means a lot to you. It and does. that's that's intimacy again, to get yes. to know someone. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. People are going to want to know how to reach you because you're so awesome. How do they reach you? You could call the center at 514-777-4530. That's right. And you can also find Melissa and more information about her or the center in general at helpforanxietydepression.com. Um, things coming up, by the way, I haven't mentioned a few th- events coming up. I always forget to mention it. I'm going to mention today we have an amazing parenting workshop coming up on February 20th. If you are in the Montreal area and you'd like to take a course on the latest research on parenting, and yes, there we are finding out more and more science on what will help kids thrive. And listen, we don't get a guidebook on parenting, so this is your chance. Go on the website, helpforanxietydepression.com. And in March, we have a stress and anxiety workshop coming up as well details on the website as well um couple retreat woman's retreat all that coming up it's an exciting next few months um it's all the time we have today i really want to thank you uh so much melissa for joining us again today we're so grateful to you thank you I'd like to thank all of you guys as well from all over the world for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Really appreciate it. I'd like to invite you to come back next week. Uh, Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. Feel free to leave a question for me or Melissa. And don't forget to like the page while you're there. You can hear this and any prior show as a podcast on my website, which is straighttalksandrareich.com. On the podcast app of your iPhone and on iTunes under... Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. And don't forget, you can drop me a comment or a question anytime at info at helpforanxietydepression.com. We are always looking for show ideas as well. Info at helpforanxietydepression.com. My name is Sandra Reich, and I promise I'll help you learn to live your best life again next Thursday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, keep, keep your, your eyes, eyes on the stars. stars. 
Thank you for listening to Straight Talk with Sandra Reich. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and we'll tune in again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Now, go live your best life.